Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. It's called, in, in theological terms, it's called man's land lease. 
what it's called. When you study theology, most schools that you go to will, will use that terminology because with, with, the, with the understanding of man having the, the, the right to the earth for a specific amount of time, then you understand the impact of original sin. You say, what do you mean? Listen, God wasn't coming down here just, you know, trying to be a control freak and control everything. He created the earth. He put his man down here and he equipped his man and he spoke to his man and told him, take dominion over the birds of the air and over the sea, over the fish in the sea, and over every creeping thing. He's talking about the snake. There's a snake coming. God always warns his people. Amen. But I don't know all of the, I've studied the fall, I've studied, the man just blew it. They blew it. And for 6,000 years, man has been under the sway of the, na- of, uh, of the nature of literally an alien entity. You say, what is that? Satan himself. Who comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his ministry. It's to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, I heard one person say, well, you know, a lot of this is just the judgment of God on people. No, it is not. Let me say that over and over again because those types of voices are going to be amplified because they're sensational. You talk about, oh, God's judging Afghanistan, and God's judging uh, Haiti, and God's judging... No, God loves those people. God cares about those people. We are still living in the acceptable year of the Lord, a day in which the grace and mercy of God are abundant. Amen? Now, Matthew chapter 14, you need a story beginning in verse 22. It's going to be a little different. Straight away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up until not the part to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch, around four in the morning, of the night, Jesus went unto them. Now notice this, walking on the sea. Do you see that in your Bible? You see what that? Now listen, the religion always tries to dumb down the gospel and to make it, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the argument of the of the of the Red Sea being divided. And uh, literally, I heard a theologian on a on a big radio station out of Corpus Christi talking about how how the, the you know the Red Sea being divided was really not. It was just kind of like a low tide in a marshy area. Well, I thought to myself, uh, that's an amazing miracle. You realize what if there was a low tide in a marshy area? That makes it even a greater miracle. Because God destroyed the entire armies of Egypt with a low tide in the marshy area. <laughs> Amen? So you got to understand. Well, that's just on how you look at it. Exactly. I want to see it to the eyes of God, to the eyes of the Word, to the eyes of the Spirit, because that's the only true perception of what God does. And what God does, He does powerfully, and He does supernaturally. And here's His Son, Jesus, up praying, after a prayer meeting, he takes off to find his disciples. The sea is in the way. Not just the sea, but a rough sea. A windy sea. Which tells Jesus, you cannot, according to the laws of creation, go to your disciples, but he is as much God as God is God. He is fully anointed by the Holy Ghost. And everything in the universe must respond to his word. So when he looked around and thought, hmm, I've got to get out there to my disciples. 
I don't see any surfboards, sailboards, boogie boards, longboards. There's no boards. I guess I'll just walk on the water. Are you with me? So what he did, when he teaches on the fly, people are like, oh, I walked on the water. Yeah, I walked on the water. He's walking on the water. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's, I mean, what if you were out here at the beach, surfing or fishing or something, and some guy just walked by? On the water. Not with a board, nothing. No, 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 no. Just walked by on the water. Amen? Well, that's what Jesus is doing. Now, listen. He is superseding the laws of nature. He is superseding the laws of creation. Now, listen to me. With a greater law. What is it? What is the greater law? This is the law of the Spirit of life in Christ. Which means when His feet touch the water, a physical phenomenon takes place whose origin is the spirit realm Superseding the law of gravity, the law of gravity, the law of the law of, uh, of liquid, and how solids go through liquids, all that type of, all of it suspended, and he reaches out there, puts his foot right there in that shallow part, and his foot doesn't go under the water, and he just starts walking out across the water to go to his disciples. Now you said, "What's the point? Ain't nothing can stop Jesus from getting to you if he has to supersede." Any law, as long as his law is right, he can get you. Now, here's the disciples. They're obeying God. They're out there on the way. Sure enough, here comes the waves, all this kind of stuff. It says, the ship was down in the midst of the sea. That's in verse 24. Tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch of the night came, Jesus went into them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out with fear. Well, I don't know if they were used to this kind of stuff, but they had been around Jesus quite a lot and knew there were some supernatural things going on. But they reverted back. Now, listen to me. They reverted back to their, to their baser nature when they began to witness a miracle. Now, let me say that again. They reverted back to a baser nature when they began to witness a miracle and they cried out, not in faith, but in fear. Are you with me? Yeah, that's the situation. So the boat's not really a good place right now. Right? Because the boat's full of fear, doubt, unbelief, and a bunch of men going, oh my God, there's a ghost. Now, what are we going to do? Oh my goodness, oh my God. And they've been with Jesus for, actually at that point, they've been with Jesus for months. They said, and when the disciples started walking on the water, they were troubled times. They cried out for fear. But straight away, Jesus spoke unto them, uh, them saying, Be a good thing, be happy, have joy. It is I, be not afraid. Now, here we go. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now, notice this. And he said, One word. Come. We feel like it. Come on. Come on. With all that unbelief in the boat, one guy said, I want to do that. I want to walk on the water. Now, I, want you, I don't want you to focus on Peter. I don't want you to focus on, on the boat or the dog. I want you to focus on one word. Come. Come. 
So obviously, Peter heard, not just listened, but heard the word come. Because encapsulated in the word come is the ability to walk on the wall. It's in the word. I said it's in the word. I said it's in the word. Which means that same power that was in Christ when he stepped on that water and that water did not receive him sinking down under it, but he stood up on top of it supernaturally. That same power was transmitted into that word and given to a regular old Joe like you and I. Say what? Come? Boom, he's out of the boat. He's out of the boat. Now, notice what it says. Peter answered and said, Lord, but, but here's the problem. I, every Bible I get, I circle this one. Yeah. If it be thou, come unto me, uh, uh, bid me to come unto thee on the water. Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He what? He walked on the water. Now you got two guys walking on the water. Now you got two guys walking on the water. You got Jesus walking on the water, and you got Peter walking on the water, but you have one coming to another. You say, what do you mean by that? You've got Peter, whose purpose of getting out of the boat was to what? Come to Jesus. What empowers the Word to empower you to do whatever you need to do? It is your desire to use that Word to get you closer to Him. So I'm, I'm going to use this prosperity. I'm going to get closer to God. Yeah, I'm going to take this healing. I'm, I'm going to start telling people how God healed me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this, this breakthrough in my business and I'm going to use the blessing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this anointing that God has put in my life to, to teach people. I, I, I'm going to find me some places to go teach them. Listen, I'm going to get out there. Listen, this is a time in the kingdom of God in which we're going to have to quit waiting around to see what God's going to do. And we're going to have to start making some things happen in the kingdom and deciding we're going to serve God on a level we've never served God before. And we're not going to get out of the boat on the earth. We're going to get out of the boat on the best day of the Lord. He was considered the if, not Jesus. Now, notice this. It says, but when he, or when Peter saw the wind, boisterous, now notice, here we go, he was afraid. And beginning to think, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately the Lord stretched forth his hand, caught him and said, Oh, thou of little faith, for he had no faith to get out of the boat. He didn't have no faith to stay there. Amen. Oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And they were, when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. I want to study that last verse for a little bit. Because it didn't carry the weight in the King James, I thought that it could. Go study it in your Message Bible, in your Passion Bible, and there's a couple other translations that kind of bear this out. And we'll go back to Peter in just a minute. But the Bible says when he spoke that word, that immediately, that like, like instantaneous, like if you blink your eyes, you're out, outside the boat, thinking, and next thing you know, you're in the boat with Jesus. And everything's caught. No wind's blowing, there's no way. Wow. The Bible says they came and worshipped him. But their worship was not just, you know, praise the Lord to me in that course again. They fell down in that boat. 
and they grab his feet and they begin to cry out at the top of their voice, You are God. You are God. There's no one like you. You are God. Their worship was on a level they had never experienced before because they had experienced the power of God in their own lives, not just watching it manifest in the lives of other people. But now here's Peter. Thank God he had enough faith to get out of the boat, and he's out of the boat. But the Bible says, when he saw, one translation says, when he saw the height of the waves, Oh, what difference does that make? Lord, if you could drop the waves from 10 foot to 4 foot, I think I could walk a little better out here. And the wind, boys, the swell, it takes pretty good wind. Pick up a big swell like that. So he's out there, he's walking on the water. Now, where do you think all of this resistance to walking on the water is coming from? It's coming in his mind. Because his mind begins to do the rational mouth. And the rational mass does not add up because you cannot walk on the water. Amen? You say, well, was it the wind or was it the wave? Neither one. It was the reality that I'm doing something supernatural. This is not natural. Faith got him out of the boat. God and unbelief caused him to sink. The Word of God raised him up. And in the midst of all of this, we'll, we see something in reality that's mind-boggling, and that is this. God shows us through this illustration, I'm wanting to reproduce in you the same thing I got out of my son. But, you know, you can't be stupid. So if I got your power, we're just going down and we're going to go, we're going to walk out there to that river back there. You'll find out she wants. Amen. Because there are things like unseen to believe in the word of the Lord. There's a tragedy at a, a largest church, well, I guess the largest charismatic church in the world ever built was built in Seoul, South Korea. Dr. Young Ji Cho, in the height of their, uh, height of their revival that, that birthed that church, seven of the young ladies of the church took this story and thought they would go down to a raging stream and walk across it. Well, they buried all seven of them. Because you can't tempt God. But we do see an illustration right here. There is a supernatural walk that Jesus walked on the earth, and from the day you're born again to the day you go to heaven or the rapture that takes place, God wants you walking in that supernatural walk. Now, quickly, how's my time? Oh, I'm doing good. Go to First uh, Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter one. I do see that, yes. Now, I've made the statement twice. I made it twice because the Lord reminded me of it. We're going to keep some more on words. And I didn't realize, you know, I, I, I said it a couple of times, I guess under the inspiration of the Spirit, and the Lord really began to press in my spirit. And he began to tell me you're going to have to stand in front of this church and other churches, and you're going to have to tell them, you're going to have to quit talking like you're talking. Even though you know about confession, even though you know that you should be speaking the word over yourself every day, 
One thing you should not be doing is incorporating the narrative of this world system and everything that's going on into your everyday conversation. If you do, it will destroy you because you will become what you say. And the accused of the bottom will stand before God and say, God, you said they can have what they say. Listen to what they say. Amen. Now, notice First Corinthians chapter one, verse ten. I had this marked in my passion Bible. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, listen. When you see the phrase, you really only see uh, the Apostle Paul use it a lot. You'll see some in Peter and John's writing. But when you see that phrase, now listen to me. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, there's an emphasis on his authority. Because his name is access and authority. But the access, we have access to God, and it's authority here on earth. Devil in the name of Jesus. Amen? So, he's literally showing authority. Now listen, there's some access, there's some authority going on here. It's in the name of Jesus. Let me find it here. That you all speak the same thing. That there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind. Now notice, and in the same judgment. Can I get a better amen? Let me read it here in the Passion Bible. I urge you, brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity. With one another, to put rest and to put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart, be restored as one united body, living in perfect harmony, harmony from a consistent choreography among yourselves. Notice this: having a common perspective with shared values. You now, let me get out here and see the whites in your eyes. This is what God began to speak to me. Then he gave me the illustration of the boat. The Lord spoke to me and said, one of the reasons Peter had such trouble out on the on the outside of the boat was as long as he was on the inside of the boat, he was in agreement with their unbelief. Then he had a little inspiration of faith, which caused him to say if, and when he stepped out of the boat, he left his crowd of doubt and unbelief in the boat. Amen? So he had an issue right there. Can you imagine the voices of the other eleven as he stepped over the gunnels of the boat. Peter! Are you out of your mind? Now it looks like Jesus. Sounds a little like him, but you can't tell when this wind blowing in his way. And then he starts walking on the water. I guarantee you, when you get to heaven, touch with one of them and see if they don't say it. Someone said, you can't do that. You say, how do you know that? I know human nature. And if you got 12 people and one gets out of the boat and starts walking on the water, somebody's going to holler, you can't do that. The waves are too high. The wind's blowing. Well, if that's true, then we'll, we'll just go down to the swimming pool and walk on the water there. There's no wave. There's no wind. No, it's still just as impossible to walk across on the water of a swimming pool as it is a raging ocean. And all of that, all of that that could have been said, probably was said, was conducive to what? His thoughts 
as we begin to actually experience this sensation, because this guy, listen, he's a what? A what? He is a commercial fisherman, very well acquainted with what? You know when your feet are wet, and you know when your skin's are wet, and you know when your knees are wet, and you know when your waist is wet, and you know when it's time to cry out. So as we begin to sense the thinking feet, this is the point you need to, you need to get. You say, what? Because all of us get out of the boat sometimes with little faith instead of a lot of faith, and the circumstances start to rage, and things begin to happen, but the Bible says he cried out to Jesus, save me. And Jesus just said, I'm going to let him go under to you, guys, that'll fix him. He'll never get out of that boat again. He goes down two or three times, that'll, that'll fix him out, you know? But what he did through the supernatural, now listen to this, this is so good, I never saw this before. What Jesus did was the miracle of allowing Peter to get out of the boat, walk on the water, and then Peter failing at it, and God restoring him and receiving him back. What he was doing was putting them back into unity, because they had to get to the other side and do the work of God. So he put them back in the unity. Could you imagine when they're down there and they've got his feet and they're going, oh my God, who is this man? This is God manifesting the faith. He stopped the wind. He stopped the waves. He calmed the sea. And he did it in an atomic second. That's what one translation says. In an atomic second, everything else. Whoa. Then Paul gets over into the letters to the Corinthian church, which was one of the most supernatural churches he raised up. And he said, listen, you're going to have to begin to say the same thing, to speak the same thing. But I say speak. Now listen, let me just throw this out to you. We're living in a unique day where we as a church need to speak the same thing. Now, now stay with me. You say why? Because everybody has their favorite thing they think we ought to be speaking. This is where the church, this is where the enemy has sowed a seed of of division into the church. It's there right now, and it ain't going to happen here. But do you have a vaccine? No. Do you have orange? Yeah. What difference does that make? That's your own business. Do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Do you this? Do you that? Seeds of the vision have been sown into our society that if you don't, if you're not careful, you're going to begin to say something. Amen. That you may regret saying later. Because you're stimulated by everything that's going on in the world. Listen, just because there's craziness in the world does not mean you need to lend your voice to it. You say, well, what are you for? What are you against? I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to teach you how to hear from God. Because what's more important than a vaccine or a mask or anything else is to hear from your Heavenly Father in Heaven and to be led by the Holy Ghost into the places you need to be and into the people you need to be around to keep all this stuff from taking you out. We need to speak words of healing, speak words of unity, speak words of, speak words of love. For you have seeds of life. 
that lie inside of you that if you will release them with your mouth, they will cause you to rise above all the turmoil of that which is going on in this earth. For it shall increase and it shall get darker, but your life shall shine brighter than ever. Adjust your conversation. Adjust your words. Speak the same thing according to that which redemption has provided for you. Amen? We need to understand something, church. That all this stuff that's going on in our society, you know it socially, designed for division. Politically, oh my, if you can't see that there's political division, oh Lord, have mercy. Pray for your eyes. Medically, and all of it is in competition for your attention. Every day on the news, every day on the I got stuff on my phone. I think, who's in the news? Some crazy thing about this or that. I just push the button that makes it go away. Thank God for the button that makes it go away. Amen? But I have learned that if you're not careful, it's easy for us to engage each other in conversation and begin to heighten, come on, church, begin to heighten the information we exchange with each other, which is not righteous information, but unrighteous information that does not build us up and brings us down. And then, and then you don't get the vaccine and you're in fear. And then you do get the vaccine and you're in fear. And you don't wear a mask and you're in fear. And you do wear a mask and you're in fear. And, and you don't believe the Republicans and you're in fear. And you don't believe the Democrats and you're in fear. And you don't believe them. And next thing you know, it's fear, 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 fear. Everything the enemy has designed this whole thing to collapse into is a spirit of fear. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And we're going to have to start exercising the Word of God in our lives and guard our mouths. Amen. You ever have the Lord correct you? He does me all the time. Lord have mercy. I guess my mom was getting her ready for that. She thanked me a plenty. And I've had a Pentecostal mama who did not believe in halfway thanking a child. She said, What do you mean? Well, most children, you whip them until they get mad. You know what I mean? When my mom quit whipping, you asked Cheryl, you asked Alan, we love everybody. We love, we were repentant from anything we'd ever done, anything we'd ever do again. Amen. We were corrected. When God corrects you, I was driving down the road about a week ago. And I'd been in a conversation with another preacher about some things. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Now, if I allowed what you said to that preacher to be your faith and confession, you'd be dead next week. That's what he told me. He said, But my grace and my mercy have stopped what you put in order with your mouth. So you better repent and get your words straight. And I realize what God is trying to do with us as a people is to preserve us 
as a people on the earth in the midst of all of this who are untainted and untouched by it. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, 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 what is the natural reaction to people when they begin to feel symptoms of a disease? They don't begin to quote scriptures. They don't begin to stand on the Word of God. They don't begin to worship and glorify God. They run to their urgent care. Well, that protocol has to be broken in your life where you begin to stand in faith, speak against it, speak the Word of God, and give yourself a little time to let the Word of God take hold in your life. Well, I, we, we've been, I know at least one time we were on our way to the emergency room. And I mean, it, was, it didn't look good. And I don't know what it was. It had to be the Holy Ghost because I don't think I got that much care. But the Lord said, stop. Out the door. We're going out the door. And the Holy Ghost said, stop. I told her, I said, stop. She said, sit down right here. She sat down. I stood behind her. On a, uh, she stood in a, on a couch and I was standing behind her. I said, let's worship God. And we started worshiping God. Thank you, Father, that we're healed. By His stripes, we're the healed of God. Thank you, Father, that you are our healer. And we just began, and I'm telling you, the glory of God came in there and lifted that right off of Leah, and we didn't go to the emergency room. I went up and took a nap. <laughs> he fixed my dinner. I came downstairs and I said, praise God, two miracles in one day. <laughs> Nice. Come on, it's a weird shirt. Every now, listen to me. This is going to help us this week. Everybody say, "I'm helped for the week." Everyone out there wants to engage you in conversation about some political issue, about COVID, about masks, about things, about what is or what isn't. And listen, you're going to have to cut down the volume of that communication and use those conversations to witness to people. Or, listen to me, or what they're saying is going to overtake you. The principle, I believe it's in Zephaniah or Zechariah, one of the two books. I'd have to go back and look. The principle is that of the priest in the days of the law. And the priests were made holy by their rituals. Blood was shed in a certain way and then offered in a certain way. Not only that, all the other uh, 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 anointing, the anointing oil of the apothecary, all of that had to be it had to be perfect. There was no room for error. You could not do anything unholy, and God set the standard for holiness. You going into that holy of holies? You're going to offer blood for these people? You better get it all right. They, they, they were so intimidated by the law that for the high priest, they would put a rope around him. And all of his, all of his garments were sewn with bells. So he'd go in there ringing the bell. Ringing, 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 ringing. And when the bells quit ringing, they pulled the rope. And they took his dead carcass off the rope and put the next guy in line up. Because something wasn't done right. So they'd have to go through the routine again and make sure we got everything right. So this minor prophet looked at that situation and said, Why? Why, when you go through everything you go through to be holy, and you come out of that holy of holies, and you've been with a holy God, and you've been in the holy presence of God, and you've done everything the law says you're supposed to do to be holy yourself, why, when you touch un- one unclean thing, the unclean thing defiles you, and you don't make the unclean thing holy? The reason is, is because of the fall, the original sin. 
We live in an unholy world, but we serve a holy God. We live in an unrighteous world, but we serve a righteous God. We live in an unsanctified world, but we serve, we serve a sanctified or a holy or sanctified God that wants to set us apart in the midst of what's going on to use us to bring in harvest. Listen, from now on, guard what you do. Don't sit in front of newscasts that say the same thing over and over and over again. That's the principle I'm using to teach you. Repetition over and over and over will solidify a reality in you, whether it's a truth or a lie. And I don't tell you, lies are wanting to take the place of truth all over this world right now. The truth is, you're a child of God. The truth is, you're valued by God. The truth is, we're healed of COVID. The truth is, Jesus is coming soon. The truth is, in the worst economic turmoil the earth has ever seen, God's going to prosper the church. The truth is, we're living in a time in which God wants to stir our hearts toward revival, awakening. My God, if we've ever needed awakening this now. Not just, not just in the church, but everywhere. People need to wake up to what's going on. And as we do, it's in our awakened state that God begins to put into us what is necessary for us to not, to not only navigate, but to be a tremendous influence. Amen? Did you know people die of COVID every day? But people get healed of COVID every day, too. People die of cancer every day, but people get healed of cancer every day. That was a tremendous testimony Rob gave, Rob gave about a co-worker who had been basically given up to die. Oh, just left her job. And I do Why? Because they couldn't find She was at stage four, I believe she was saying stage four cancer. And I stated into her glands and organs. Nothing's bigger than God. We're going to have to have. Listen, and I believe the Lord spoke this to me. That's not that. The Lord spoke this to me. Some of you will remember it was back around Christmas time, and the Lord spoke to me that there would be a time in which special faith would begin to operate in this church. Did, did anybody hear that? Remember that? Did you know we're fixing to step into it? We're right there, right now. Literally, I would say within days or weeks, we will step in. Where some of you, are, are, you're not going to, you're going to go do something you didn't what did I just do and why did I do that? And what it'll be, it'll be a, a gift of the Spirit. Special faith will come upon you. And you'll do it. I mean, you'll just do it. That special faith removes all intimidation, all doubt, all unbelief. It is an impartation of the faith of God dropped into your heart so that you can step into a supernatural position and relieve or restore or whatever needs to be done by the supernatural power of God. Lift your hands and thank God for that. Father Lord, every person Every person, let that gift of faith begin to operate. Let it drop fall. Let it drop out of heaven in the hearts of men and women whose hearts are open to the outpourings of God, the awakening of the Spirit of God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to just do this, because I had to do it. Y'all know me. If God deals with me, then I come deal with you. Lots of time, and I repented. I said, Lord, I'm... I, 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 this is what I asked for. I said, put a guard in my intellect so that I don't just... Have you, have you ever noticed how easy it is to engage in conversation over these things? It's just it's almost natural. Because it is real. It is going on. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, church, I was wrong. Some of the things I've said to some of you wasn't right to say it. Wasn't right to engage in conversation. We could have been talking about things that edified us. 
Can I get a better amen? And one of the worst things that happens to people that, that serve God is when God corrects them, they don't stand corrected. But all of us, as we've said for years around here, the greatest room in all of our lives needs to be the room for inclusion. So, listen, I'll just confess it before you. I already asked God for, for forgiveness. If I've talked to you and said things to you, you know, about vaccines, about COVID, about this, listen, I'm not going to talk to you about that no more. And I ask you forgiveness. I ask you forgiveness. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about healing. We're going to talk about breakthrough. We're going to talk about deliverance. We're going to talk about revival. And then those people out in the world that try to engage me in those conversations, I'm not going to go to, I'm not going to go to bat with them anymore. I'm going to start telling them about Jesus. I'm going to start telling them about the Lord. Because that's an open door. You know what they're doing? When you talk to somebody, now listen to it. This is what the Lord showed me. He said, when you talk to somebody, you just talk. Because you know better. You just talk and you know better. But when people, especially in the world, come to talk to you, they're expressing their fear. And you need to be there to counter that fear. So here I stand. I was wrong. I have God's forgiveness in your fear. If that's you, if you say, Pastor, I've let my words get outside the boundaries of my life. I've seen good things and engaged in conversation. I'm not talking about some, you know, person. I'm just talking about getting caught up in the narrative of all this stuff, whether it's with disease or whether it's with political or whatever. I don't mean we need to be some kind of automatons and just, you know, with blinders on our eyes. It's not wrong to talk about things, but it's wrong to continually rehearse them over and over in such a repetitive way in which you go from person to person and conversation to conversation. And it's all the same thing. And then you sit down in front of the news at night, and it's all the same thing. And you get up in the morning, and it's all, listen, other nations are going to fall. People are going to get sick. People are going to die. They're going to have problems with vaccines. They're going to have all of it. It's all a big mess. None of it's right. But we cannot use our belief system to reinforce that. We have to use our belief system to deliver people. Hey, if the vaccines cure everything, great. If not, we'll help get you here. Amen. But these things that have come upon the earth, church, have not come and have not come to pass like a like a season of something. This is it. This is it. This is the last of the last days. He says, what makes you so sure about that? Here's what makes me so sure. Number one, the witness of the spirit in my heart. I've heard the prophecies in the 60s. Things have been coming to You could scare a fire. Amen? But it lost its power. Those words lost their power in my life. God, I've never bought it. They lost their power. And for years and years and years and years, when it got right with God, went into the ministry, and I really, those, those words never had an impact on me until uh, two Christmases, the Christmas of 2019, in prayer, the Lord said, Jesus is coming back soon. I'm calling, yeah, right. Come on, be honest. And, and, and then, then, then the spirit said, like, you don't understand. Jesus is coming soon. I was like, oh my God. I thought I'd said it to the church on Sunday morning. It's been two years ago. Sooner or sooner now than it was then. Our conversation must be salted with fact. Or we will lose our seasoning. The world is, is, is salted with, with all the doubt and unbelief of the world. But we must make the adjustment. 
So be honest with yourself. You hear me say, Pastor, that's right. I'm not going to call anybody up to the altar, but I do want you to stand like I'm standing right because I'm first one asking help. But if you've left your word, you know, and you know, you know it when you do it. It's that gentle in here we go, oh, man, how do we get off on that There's so much we can edify ourselves with. So much we can build ourselves up with. So much of the word of God that we need to speak over each other and share with each other. We don't need the narrative of this broken, fallen, suffering world. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need to get my words right. Stand on your feet right now, thank you. Thank you. So we're going to do this, church. We're going to do this. And we're not going to leave it in the church, right? Did you see what I just said? We're not going to leave it in the church. We're going to practice it when we leave Especially around each other. We're going to speak the same thing. We're not going to let any division come among us. Out loud. Heavenly Father, right now, I humbly receive your word. Recognize how easily I have gotten into error. I ask your forgiveness. I ask the forgiveness of those in my life for words that I have spoken that have increased the narrative of the world. I ask for forgiveness and cleansing, and I ask you to put a guard in my mouth that I will have power not to be quickly engaged in conversation that I do not have control of. I will speak words of life. I will edify my brothers and sisters. I will witness to a hurting world. And I will allow my words to be your words, Lord. Help me. Spirit of God, one of your ministries, you are my helper. And I thank you. You help me in Jesus' name. Now lift your hands up and receive what you need from God right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Now, now real quick, look. You've got to be so careful because we live in such a super sensitive world. People, listen, people are freaking out, church. I mean, this hadn't been, you know, usually we go through an event such as 9 11 or, or you pretty much named it. And I think you read through the narrative of the media and say, let's just kind of go back to normal. I mean, even, even when we had that big storm in, in uh, 2008. You know what amazed me about that storm? I think I mentioned it, you know, a couple of years after the storm. It's how we on the island were so destroyed. I mean, this place was like a war zone. I mean, it was just horrible. All the plants were dead, everything was tore up. But you just go right across the causeway and go right down the road and walk right into the mall. Everything and everybody's normal. They already know that 10 miles over that bridge right there is complete destruction. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Well, the same thing is true in the day and hour we live in. It's just on and on and on and on. And notice this. It's gaining strength. It's gaining momentum. And what it's doing, it's not doing anything that any of the men or women involved in were planning for it to do. It's doing exactly what the devil had planned for it to do. Listen, listen. He doesn't just want to destroy the Christians. He wants to destroy every person. Every person. 
Amen. Amen. Now, continue to stand. As we're dismissed, I ask you to do this. If you want to give for Haiti or Afghanistan, bring your offering and, and put it up in the in the, in the uh, receptacle after we dismiss. Amen. And, and we'll get more information, especially about Afghanistan. Afghanistan is in a very fluid situation. And let me just say this to you, church. You know, be careful where you get your information. We have really good sources. Pray. And I say pray. Number one, pray for the Christians in Afghanistan. They have a death sentence on them. Did you know that? They have a death sentence on them. And we need to pray the things are established an effective revival right there or God gets them out of there. Amen? We have to realize that the day and hour in which we're living in, we need to make sure. And listen, the Bible talks about men and women that, 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 that lock up the bowels of compassion. Our human compassion is so limited, but the divine compassion of God is Amen. I guarantee you, there's going to be, we're going to get to heaven, there's going to be thousands and thousands, probably millions of people. We're going to thank you for giving, thank you for being a blessing. Because they were not on, they were not on the side that, 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 that could help. They were on the side that needed help. And I believe, look, as long as we are, stay on the side that can help, we'll never be on the side that needs help. Because God's looking to build and raise up people that are on the side that can help. Amen. Father, thank you for our service today. We humbly believe that you have cleansed us and purged something out of our church that the enemy has missed for harm. Lord, I thank you that every opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus, every opportunity to tell of the goodness of what he's doing, will result in somebody getting saved, somebody being touched by the power of God. Lord, we're not unwise to dismiss without appropriating that which belongs to us by faith and declaring in Jesus' name. Psalms 91 over the entire congregation. No evil before. No plague comes to our glory. The angels of God have charge over us. A thousand can fall on our side. Ten thousand are right here. It will not come nigh us. Only with our eyes we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Fathers, we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. As we handle the righteous labor that you've given us, we declare no accidents, no trauma, no terror, and we push back against COVID, against other diseases and sicknesses. We declare we're surrounded by faith and love, and we declare no evil before us. No place comes Lord, listen. Very embers of revival and evangelism be blown on by your holy breath and let it come to a flame and a fire in us. Father, let us be aware that when we leave these doors, we walk into the mission field and there's a mighty harvest to be in. Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you, in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ who called us to be. Thank you, Lord, in all of Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.